This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo of MLBPipeline.com. It is the final week of the regular season. Time to look ahead a little bit to the postseason. We'll also take a look back at our preseason predictions, which were okay. We did okay. Not not great, but also not terrible. So we'll touch on those and see what exactly what went wrong and what went right. But what better way to look ahead to the postseason and the impact that former prospects and, and rookies this season could have on that then by doing a serpentine draft, because Jim Callis always loves to do a serpentine draft and is always the first one to uh, to demand one. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to start with a coin flip, as we always do. And since Jim came up with the idea, I'll let him call heads or tails. Jim, the coin is in the air now. I'll call heads. It is tails. So Jonathan yes. has first pick. So here's what we're doing. <laughs> we are looking ahead to the postseason from a rookie standpoint, rookies on playoff teams and the impact they could have on this 2017 postseason run. So that we're not talking about who's going to be the best player looking back 10 years from now. We're looking for who's going to be the best player over the next 30 days trying to help their team win a World Series title. And with that explanation, Jonathan, you're on the clock. It, it does change things a little bit in terms of what direction you would want to go in. Um, and since it is just impact in the next 30 days and not long term, uh, I'm going to take uh, Aaron Judge of the Yankees. Uh, looks like he has refound his power stroke here at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, anytime you have a guy who can change the game with a swing of the bat, I think he's going to have the opportunity to do that for however long the Yankees are able to stick around in the postseason. By the way, we're going to do six rounds of this, just so everybody knows uh, when this will end. So, Aaron Judge, <laughs> no surprise. Are you they're not going to hang on every pick? You didn't want to have the drama build if we, if we might go eight rounds or ten rounds or twelve rounds? Come on. I, I like can't, people to know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, so, Judge number one, cer- certainly not a surprise, and that goes to... Well, to, well see, I, I will disagree a little bit because... We're not. We're just doing this for fun and, and kind of on the fly. But if this were a, a playoff pool of some sorts, there's a great deal of risk with Aaron Judge because his postseason might end after one game. Well, that's so, fair. The wild card. I don't. Factor. I don't think he's necessarily the obvious number one pick. Well, I think the other number one pick, if it wasn't going to be Judge, is 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 kind of obvious. I assume that's where you're going to go, Jim. You're up next. Yeah, and you know, it's like uh, I've never spoken. Uh, it's like I don't know if you guys know I like this guy a little bit. I would take Cody Bellinger as the obvious number two pick with Judge going one. Um, you know, he'll. You know, Adrian Gonzalez doesn't look like he'll be able to play in the playoffs. You know, Bellinger is going to wind up with. You know, he's got 39 homers as we record this, and could wind up with 40. He won't lead his league or hit quite as many as Judge, but uh, I would pick him number one. 
And I guess kind of looking at this from the standpoint of teams that are prepared to maybe make a deeper run, I will not take the guy who I put at number one on the long-term rookie prognosis. I'll leave him for Jonathan. And I'm going to go off the board here a little bit, or maybe surprise you guys and go with Yuli Gurriel of the Astros, who does not factor necessarily into our prospect rankings because he was an older international sign, but is very much a rookie and has had a nice year hitting close to 300 with a ops over 800 and 18 home runs. I think Yuli Gurriel could uh, could have uh, some nice uh, highlights this postseason for the Astros. So that goes back to to Jonathan, and it's kind of the same situation here, Jonathan, where I think in my mind at least there's yeah. kind of an obvious pick there waiting for you. Yeah, and, and I would like to say uh, that in my picking Aaron Judge, I was sort of going with the framework of if everyone was put on the same field in terms of the amount that they were going to play, I wasn't uh-huh. really figuring in odds of teams playing more games. I'm just looking at the player and what they would do if given the opportunity. Um, so, yes, I understand the, the risk that I was willing to take for this completely meaningless draft. <laughs> um, very meaningful. We're going to check back on this in 30 days. But how? I mean, what, what are we going to base it on? Like OPS? War. Postseason war. Postseason war. There war. You go. All right, there we'll you go. Uh, that for us. Um, I will take uh, Andrew Benintendi uh, with my, my next selection. Uh, somewhat surprised. Uh, that Mr. Callis uh, did not take him, but I guess he feels the Astros are better poised to make a deeper run. Um, you know, he was our number one prospect at the start of the season, uh, and he's still, you know, really, really good. Um, and then I think I probably would have to go with Ian Happ, and not just because he's a Pittsburgh uh, kid, uh, although that certainly uh, doesn't hurt. Uh, but I do think that he has the potential uh, to uh, to impact the game offensively for for the Cubs, uh, you know, who are not, maybe not as uh, poised to make it a, a run like they did last year, uh, but they are playing well at the right time. All hitters so far, which I guess makes sense when you look at the pitchers that are available, not necessarily frontline guys. But that goes over back to you, Jim. Your third round selection. I'm going to take another hitter and pretty much go with the last guy, last position player. I think has a chance to play fairly regularly, um, and, and I will I will stick with the theme of Cubs outfielders and take Albert Almora. Um, I, I think because from a defensive standpoint, I think he's the best center fielder the Cubs can run out there. Um, and even though their offense has not necessarily lived up to expectations, it's still a very deep lineup, and I could see them. Opting for you know some quality defense in center field, uh, and you know getting offense from other positions. So I'll go with Albert Almora, <laughs> and then after that, I think it's kind of a, a toss-up because we're talking about mainly, I think, reserve position players, um, some starting pitchers on wild card teams that may not be around for a long time. Yeah, you know what? I, I am gonna go. Hmm. I think I will go, and this may sound crazy, especially after I I, I mocked the the Yankees pick or a little bit, or at least said it was not obvious. 
I'm going to go really off the board here since uh, we're not really keeping track of this, and I'm going to go with with Chad Green of the Yankees. Um, I think he's going to get a chance to play a, a major role in that wild card game, and if they win, and they should be favored to win over the Twins, although anything can happen in one game. I mean, here's a guy who's capable of logging multiple innings. He's got 102 strikeouts, an exceptional total for a lever, and has had a tremendous year, and I could see him being used in some high-leverage situations and maybe notching a crucial win or two in the postseason. So I'm going with Chad Green, which I don't think maybe either one of you guys would have seen coming. A little bit of a surprise there, but I, I don't like your comment that we're not keeping track because I'm definitely writing all these picks down. But, uh, back to you, Jonathan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my choices are starters for wildcard teams. There are some relievers that kind of interest me. Um, but you know what? I will start with Austin Barnes of the Dodgers, uh, who's kind of – worked his way into a little more playing time behind the plate for L.A. He can move around a little bit. Uh, you know, that, that positional flexibility comes in handy because he could always come off the bench, pinch hit, you know, and play somewhere else. Um, so uh, I, will, I will pick Barnes for starters. And then, and then it's a question of which pitcher I want to go with. Um, and it gets kind of tricky uh, because, you know, I think I'm going to go back to the Yankees and take Jordan Montgomery. Um, again, this is the Yankees will, you know, the Yankees will have to get past the wild card game for him to have any impact whatsoever. But should they win the wild card game, uh, he will have to uh, start a very meaningful game. If, you know, and more than that, should they be able to advance? Uh, uh, you know, past that first round. So, uh, and he's had a very solid uh, rookie season. And uh, so that uh, is where I'm going to go with my second of these two picks. Have we gone six rounds yet? No, that's. Uh, no, you got one more coming up. You get you get to oh, pick boy. another guy after I pick two. Middle of the fifth right now. Middle of the fifth right. round. Jim? I've got my sleeper uh, guy ready. You know, I, I'm going to take. <sighs> well, it's like I can either take a, a bench bat off the Indians or the Astros. Here, I'm going to think about this for a second. I'm going to stall for time. One of my picks is going to be Herman Marquez of the Rockies. Uh, he'll be one of my picks. Um, I, I was also eyeing Montgomery, although I'm not, you know, we're, we're doing this without knowing who's going to be in the playoff rotations, and I think it's possible that he may be the odd man out in the Yankees rotation in the postseason, although that said, I probably would have picked him. You know, I'm going to roll the dice here a little bit, although I'm not I'm not sure how much he's going to play, but he has some power, and he can run, and he has a chance to contribute in those regards. I'll take Derek Fisher as my, as my sixth and last selection in this fine draft. All right, with the final pick in the 2017 postseason rookie draft, Jonathan? So uh, I... I'm going to take a reliever, and it's really a question of which which one I'm going to take. I'm going to take the one that, again, have to get past the wild card game, but one who I think is more likely to have more of an impact, and I am going to take Trevor Hildenberger of the Minnesota Twins, and not just because that is an outstanding last name. Uh, he came up this year 
and uh, pitched extremely well uh, in that Twins bullpen. Uh, set uh, 9.3 strikeouts per nine and just 1.3 walks per nine. Uh, comes from underneath. Uh, really, really tricky to pick up. He was very effective. And this is a team that traded their all-star closer away uh, before their fortunes changed. And it was guys like Hildenberger who really stepped up uh, and turned the back end of their bullpen into a strength and really sort of uh, surpassed expectations and enabled them to, to get that wild card spot. All right. So you look at the draft. This is how it breaks down. Jonathan Judge, Benintendi, Hap, Barnes, Montgomery, Hildenberger, and Jim gets Bellinger, Guriel, Almora, Green, Marquez, and Fisher. Some of the players not taken in this draft, uh, Jimmy Scherfe of the D-backs, Yandy Diaz with Cleveland. Of course, Bradley Zimmer's hurt there. Uh, Alberto Mejia of the Twins. And you're not sure who's going to be on the roster for the Rockies, but Kyle Freeland, um, you know, Hoffman, Sensatella. There's all those young pitchers, and they're not all going to be on that roster. So you guys played it safe and avoided all of them for the most part. So well done, I think, overall. And that kind of gives people an insight into just how many uh, rookies could be a big part of this postseason. It's certainly going to be exciting to see those guys in action. All right, we want to move over on to uh, looking back at selections gone right and wrong. Before we get to that, we want to take a second to tell you about the Fantasy 411 podcast. If you're still in contention which you're probably in your championship at this point, or you've already won to win your league. Fred Zinke and Matthew Leach can give you the edge in any format. They'll take you through the offseason as well. Last week, they tossed out a few names who can help owners in the final days of the 2017 fantasy season. Then they debated Corey Kluber's status as a possible first-round pick heading into 2018. Before you set up your lineup or hit the waiver wire, subcri- subscribe the Fantasy 411 podcast on Apple Podcast today. All right, so when we were getting ready for the regular season to get started, we did our predictions for all the divisions, and we all pretty much did the same. When you look back on it, uh, all of us had three correct picks as far as playoff teams in the American League and three in the National League. Which teams made it and what positions they held based on wild cards or divisions were a little bit different for each well, of us. Well, I think us, we but... had all the same teams, didn't we, Tim? I, I think we actually hit on this exact same six teams. We did. It's just we didn't have them all as division winners versus wild cards. Correct. We had we all had the Indians, Astros, and Red Sox in the playoffs for the American League. We all had the Cubs, Dodgers, and Nationals in for the National League. And I guess that doesn't make us very smart because those teams were fairly uh, <laughs> confident picks. Uh, when we kind of went out on a limb, it backfired. Uh, we all had the Blue Jays in the postseason, uh, myself and Jonathan had them winning the East. Jim, you had them as a wild card, and the Red Sox winning the East. So you actually had all the division winners, Jim, in the American League. Uh, you had the Rangers and Blue Jays wild card, so those were both wrong. I had the Mariners as a wild card team, and Jonathan had the Mariners winning the West. So when you look at what went wrong, I mean, it's it's always the same, right, guys? The Blue Jays had all sorts of injuries. Aaron Sanchez couldn't get it done, um, couldn't pitch enough. Um, they had Josh Donaldson get off to a slow start. Just things from day one for that Blue Jays team were a bit of a train wreck, and that leads us to where we are now. And, and it feels like that window is kind of closed, Jonathan. For the for the Blue Jays, for the Blue Jays, yeah, 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 I think so. Uh, and you know, the the farm system is not looking like it's going to 
present to them, uh, you know, impact players right away. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked enough on this podcast about Vlad Jr. and, and Bo Bichette, uh, but uh, it's not like they're going to come up uh, opening day next year and turn things around. So there could be uh, a lean year or two as they try to, to, to hit the reset button and wait for guys on the, on the lower levels. Uh, but, yeah, as some of those guys get older, um, this, this seemed to be the, the year for them to to try to, to get there. Obviously, we thought they would, but uh, it didn't work out. Jim, the Rangers, it just they just couldn't get it going. They made a little bit of a run late. They were in that wide-open American League wildcard race for a while before they finally faded. They trade you Darvish at the deadline, though, and that helps the system. We've seen Willie Calhoun come up here in September. He hit his first career homer this week. So you look at that Rangers team. Um, you know, are there are there more players coming that can help them get back to where they've been in the past as a contender? They might need to take a step back and rebuild for a year or so. Just from the standpoint of when they were contending seemingly year in, year out, uh, you know, they, they promoted guys to the big leagues. They traded several of them to, to get veterans. I mean, the key for them, you know, it seems like we say it's a lot about the Rangers when they struggle, but it's going to be putting together a, a pitching staff. Uh, you know, Cole Hamels was – okay but not dominant this year you darvish got traded it's going to be how do they piece that starting rotation together going forward i think they're kind of at a an interesting you know crossroads really right now in terms of the organization uh you know the astros look like they will be the the powerhouse team in that al west in the short term but you know the wild card race was wide open this year the twins won it. I think the Twins, besides the Yankees, were the only one of the wildcard contenders that was even over 500 in the second half. And you had a bunch of teams that are all going to wind up around 78 to 80 wins. So the wildcard race, you know, going into next year could be wide open. I mean, we don't even know how the offseason is going to transpire, but I will bet that there's a good chance that the three of us and a lot of prognosticators will have Boston, Cleveland, Houston, and the Yankees making the playoffs next year with that fifth spot up to grab. So I'll be curious to see what path the Rangers take in the offseason if they're going to, you know, try to, you know, contend for another year or maybe take a step back while other teams are trying to contend and that way be stronger for the future. Jonathan, we both like the Mariners, you and me. I thought this was the year they would finally kind of get it together, and they did for a little bit. And there was a point where it looked like they might sneak into that wild card area. Jerry DePoto made uh, 7,000 trades <laughs> leading up to the season. Um, but they didn't get it done. They still have a nucleus there. And I feel like next year they're going to kind of be in a similar situation where some people are going to kind of think they're a sneaky pick to make it into the playoffs. And it's just a matter of whether or not they can kind of make it happen. Yeah, I mean, they they sort of... I don't want to say they hung around because that's maybe giving them everyone hung a, around in the American uh, right, League. right. So that's that's part of it. Um, but they have, you know, uh, they're not overly old. Uh, you know, obviously some of the key players, uh, you know, Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz, aren't young, but they also don't look like they're slowing down. Uh, you know too much and you know then i think you might see uh some you know steps in the right direction i mean they got more the interesting thing is they, they got more production from a guy like mitch hanniger than that probably anybody thought they were going to um it's going to come down to that that pitching staff uh i think uh you know uh, felix hernandez made 
16 starts and that's what a four, three ERA it's, it's not what you would have expected. And outside of, I guess, James Paxton, the, the rotation really didn't, uh, did not produce the way they might've hoped. And I, I think that'll be a, a key, uh, you know, towards moving to, to next year is trying to figure out what that rotation looks like. But I, you know, I think that they're in a position that if they make a, a trade or two, very likely history says that they probably will, um, you know, our winter meetings will not be dull while we were sitting here too. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, our winter meetings certainly will not be dull thanks to, to Jerry DePoto, but, uh, uh, you know, I think that they are just a move or two away from, from competing again, especially given the fact that, uh, beyond, you know, the sort of the, the division winners, I think the wild card field will be wide open on, at least on paper heading into 2018. Right, I so- think definitely. I was just going to say, Jonathan, I agree. I mean, you could probably make a case for, I don't know, maybe about eight different teams contending for that last AL spot next year. And, and I, as I would not go so far as to predict this, but because I think you may see a wild card winner with, you know, 83, 85 wins next year, I don't think it's 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 impossible that you take, you know, a lot of times you see these teams with really good collections of young talent seem to mature a year earlier than expected. Teams like the the Cubs and the Astros have done that recently. I don't even think it's out of the question that if the pitching came together and there have been some positive signs that you could even see the White Sox sneak in. I, I would go ahead and predict it because, I mean, they have one of the worst records in baseball. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they're a lot better next year than we think and surprise us a little bit. Hey, the Twins lost 103 games a year ago, so who knows? First you know. time that's ever happened, by the way. Yep. And, and, you know, friend of the podcast, Lucas Giolito, I know we've <laughs> and we, he's not even a prospect anymore and we, we were still talking about him a couple weeks ago. He's looked very good down the stretch. I mean, he looks like the guy that, you know, maybe not dominant strikeout-wise, but in terms of a, I think he's got an ERA under two and a half and seven starts with the White Sox. Uh, I mean, he looks like the guy that, that some people thought, us included, was the best pitching prospect in baseball a couple of years ago. All right. That is a uh, hot take from Jim Cal, Chicago White Sox, in the postseason. Mark <laughs> no, it down. no, possible. Not, 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 I'm not well, saying I mean, it will it, happen. Just saying it, it's, not, mind, it's you, not absurd. If you look at the American League, there are five teams over 500. Five. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, we'll have to get the Pipeline Podcast research uh, staff to to look into that, but uh, that shows you just how wide open I, I think things are. Yeah, and if somebody had said a year ago that the Twins were going to make the playoffs, we probably would have kind of had the same reaction. So who knows? All right, switching over to the National League, uh, Jim, you were the one of our of us three that had the Giants in the postseason, which, based on history, is always a pretty good pick. Um, it ended up being. A terrible pick because the Giants were terrible, but nobody saw that coming. Um, can the Giants bounce back? I mean, I mean, is that team built, and are there is there players coming, or any reason to think that they can bounce back to be the the general always pretty good team they've been in the past? You know, I, I, I don't know um, because I, I don't think the farm system is strong where it's going to you know spit out you know four guys who are going to contribute right away. I mean, if you you know, you look at the Rockies, and then we'll probably talk at you know how the playoff teams were built next week. Uh, next week's podcast, after our series of stories on that subject comes out, I mean the Rockies have promoted all kinds of rookies to the big leagues, and you could you could see that coming. And you know we knew the Astros had a deep farm system, the Cubs had a deep farm system a couple of years ago, and that's come to fruition. But with the with the Giants, I mean you got Christian Arroyo who 
will be up next year. He got hurt. He was up for a while this year, and then he got hurt. You know, Tyler Beatty had a rough year in AAA, so I don't think you're, you're counting him for help right away. Chris Shaw could probably crack that outfield, which, which needs some help. Um, but I don't think they had, you know, those are probably their three best prospects, along with Helio Ramos, a high school kid they just took in the first round. But it's not like they're going to be able to plug a bunch of holes. And I just think it, you know, I think what they're going to have to rely on for next year is, is guys bouncing back. I mean, you still have Buster Posey. You know, Brandon Belt was injured and missed about a third of the season. Uh, Brandon Crawford had a disappointing year. Uh, the outfield's kind of in a shambles. They're going to need to pump that back up, although, you know, Austin Slater, a rookie, had his moments this year. Um, you know, Madison Bumgarner got hurt. Matt Moore is better than he was this year. I, I would have definitely taken the under on Matt Moore in a five-and-a-half ERA <laughs> pitching in that ballpark. Um you know, is Johnny Cueto going to be back? I think he has an opt-out in his contract. I don't know. You know, what are you going to get out of Jeff Samarja? I mean, they're not – they're definitely not as bad as they've played this year. But I don't know if they're going to bounce all the way back to be a playoff team next year. They, they, they've got a lot of work to do. And it's really, I think, going to come mainly from guys reverting to previous form rather than a bunch of new faces coming in. Jonathan, you and I had the Pirates getting into the playoffs and – it was a tough start, and they made a run at one point and then faded. Obviously, it's a division that ended up being a lot more loaded than people thought with the Brewers getting off to the kind of start they were off to. Uh, but the Pirates are still a team that have some young talent. Obviously, Marte missing a chunk of the season with the suspension didn't help. Um, where are they at looking forward? You know, it's a good question. Um, I'm feeling like I uh, was a little too much of a homer. Uh but I, you know, I, I knew that the the Pirates were um, were you know they had such a small margin for error, um, and you know I don't I think anyone could have foreseen uh, you know Starling Marte getting suspended for eighty games and and Young Ho Gong not being allowed to leave Korea, um, so uh, you know I'm not. I'm not sure what's going to happen with them because there's still going to be some question marks. Um, the pitching staff really didn't take the step forward that I think people would have hoped. They, down the stretch, Garrett Cole looked more like Garrett Cole for the most part, you know, the second half or the Garrett Cole people hoped. But they need some of these younger pitchers to take a step forward if they're going to compete next year. I, I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, but, you know, the biggest question they're going to have to answer is whether or not they're going to keep Andrew McCutcheon and try to make one last run because that window is going to close soon. And, um, you know, I think I, I thought that at this point, you know, they would be ready to like, all right, well, if I haven't traded them, they can because Austin Meadows would be ready, but Austin Meadows can't stay healthy. And there's not, uh, you know, the farm system's not bad. Uh, there are guys coming, but I don't know that they're impactful guys who are going to be ready to hit the ground running in 2018. So, uh, I could see them middling around again, um, and if things fall right, they'll compete again. And if not, they'll end up having a year like they did this year. One last team that we all missed on is the New York Mets. Uh, me and Jonathan had them winning the division. Jim had them as a wild card team, and it's just injuries there. I mean, and nobody was hurt by injuries like the Mets were. Uh, Jim, you'd think when you look at the roster, if those pitchers are healthy, they're a contending team, but that's a pretty big if now, isn't it? It is, 
and also that offense isn't very good either right now. Um, you know, they, they trade some guys off. And you, know, you mentioned the injuries. I mean, they probably have the most beleaguered medical staff in baseball because they didn't handle some of those very well. Um, but, yeah, I'd say it'll, it'll be curious. I mean, that's a team where if they could straighten out and get their pitchers healthy, you might have some hope for next year. But then that's an awful big ask. Um, and right now that lineup's got a bunch of holes in it as well. So what a what, what a mess the Mets have become. Uh, I'll go out on a limb and say that none of us will pick the Mets to make the postseason next year um, when we do this again. And, and I just want to know why you guys picked basically the same ten teams. You know, you had a little difference with uh, – I think the only difference was Jonathan had the Mariners winning the West – and Tim, you had him as a wild card, and then you had the same World Series teams. Although at least you know Tim, you got you picked Cleveland to win it, and Jonathan picked the Dodgers to win it. But did you guys like copy off each other's paper or something when you were doing these predictions? No, it was weird. And actually, I mean, in our defense, yours isn't that different. But I had Houston winning the division. Jonathan had the wild card. But yeah, they are similar. That that's for sure. Great well, minds think alike. Yeah, there you, you go. There you go. But, but things get interesting from here on out because in the World Series. I have the Indians over the Dodgers. Jonathan has the Dodgers over the Indians. And Jim has the Cubs over the Indians. So we have all different picks. So this whole exercise comes down to the World Series. Well, here's a question for you guys. With the playoffs, we'll start before we podcast again. If you were making your World Series prediction today, who would you pick to win? Would you stick with what you have or would you go in a different direction? I've actually done this on a a couple different random podcasts and whatever and i have just stick i've stuck with the indians over the dodgers because why not well way to go out on a limb well they're both playing well and i picked it at the beginning of the season so why would i change it right i, I agree <laughs> I, I have to agree with tim's logic if you if you still feel pretty good about it yeah. it would be silly to tinker with it yeah I would, you, I would, Austin, would you stick with dodgers over indians or would you go in a different uh Direction. I might lean I might lean towards Cleveland a little bit, but I'll stick with the Dodgers. I think the now is the time for them to finally sort of break through uh and uh and, and get there after um you know year after year making it to the postseason and, and their season ending before uh people hoped it would. So uh I will I will stick I will stick to my guns. And I, I will revamp mine. I don't like the state of the Cubs starting pitching right now. I, too, boy, we'll all go out on a limb here. I, too, will will pick Cleveland to win the World Series. Uh, We'll pick the hottest team in baseball to win the World Series, although I'm going to take them over the Nationals. And and I I just think the playoffs are going to be fascinating because Mm, I think the Diamondbacks are are right there with the Nationals and Dodgers and Cubs. I I really think if we see the, the Diamondbacks emerge from that wild card game, I don't think any series of outcomes in the National League would surprise me. And while it does seem we're headed towards... Cleveland and Houston in the American League Championship Series with the way the, the Red Sox pitching has looked down the stretch. Uh, <laughs> it would be funny if we wound up somehow with Yankees and Red Sox. I don't think that series would be hyped enough if we got that in the ALCS. Yeah, the rebirth of the rivalry, I can see it now. It would certainly be something. All right, well, that's going to do it for this podcast. That was fun, guys, going through the draft and then revisiting the picks and looking at those teams' futures a little bit. For Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.